0: Let's check out your headlines for today. And we'll start by talking about homelessness because it was front and center at London City Hall yesterday. London City Council stopped short of officially declaring a state of emergency over housing at a Strategic Priorities and Policy Committee yesterday. Council members chose instead to recognize the issue as an untenable emergency with a unanimous vote. The request for an official declaration had come from various advocates in the city who held a rally outside City Hall before the meeting. Councillor Skylar Frank, who put forward the motion that was passed, said during the meeting that more needs to be done. Franks thinks the city can go further and faster than what's currently planned to address homelessness. Advocates say the three-year death toll in London's homelessness uh, community has surpassed 200. We had a big barn fire in the city yesterday. No injuries were reported, but damage is extensive after a major fire at an agriculture property in southeast London. Fire crews arrived at the scene along Old Victoria Road near Wilton Grove Road around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Heavy smoke and flames could be seen rising up from a large barn with a metal siding on the property. Fire teams from Central Elgin and Thames Centre responded to help crews from London. Shortly after 6 o'clock last night, officials tweeted they were protecting other buildings, including one containing cattle. An initial estimate for damage has not been released. The cause of the blaze remains under investigation. A public school in the city is getting a new uh, name. Uh, The Thames Valley District School Board has approved the renaming of F.D. Roosevelt Public School. This happened yesterday. Trustees voted unanimously to change the uh, school name to Forest City Public School. Are the names up for consideration? Were 2nd Street Public School and James F. Jenkins Public School. Public School Board has been seeking to change the name of the uh, school which goes kindergarten to grade 8 since last November board says the name change stems from Roosevelt's historical connection to racism and controversial approach to Jewish refugees during the Holocaust. The change will take effect September the 1st. On to the federal budget, because it was unveiled yesterday. Finance Minister Chrystia Freeland's budget for the upcoming fiscal year promises some major spending on Canada's green economy and expanded dental care. It also says that Ottawa can cut $15 billion out of the cost of running the federal government by scaling bike travel. It's outside use of consultants and a review of departmental uh, spending. Over the next five years, the government expects to increase spending by uh, $59.5 billion. Nearly half of that is going to go to the increase for health transfers to the provinces and territories and to further expand the national dental care program the Liberals are creating as part of their deal with the NDP. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has dismissed the budget as a high-spending plan that will drive up the deficit, make inflation worse, and subsidize major multinational companies. He says his party will not vote for it. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh says his party will vote in favor of the budget. But staying with the budget... It does include a major win for the beer, wine, and spirits industries. The planned tax increase on alcohol products is being temporarily capped to 2% starting next month instead of the planned 6.3% increase. The concession comes after microbrewers and distillers said the higher tax would affect their bottom lines, already hurt by the higher cost of ingredients, manufacturing, and other expenses. Uh, The president of Beer Canada, which represents Canadian brewers, said in a statement that he was grateful the government is reducing this year's increase. Alcohol excise duties are automatically indexed to inflation at the start of each fiscal year, and that's why this year's increase was initially planned to be 6.3%. The 2% cap is just for the fiscal year of 2023-24. After that, it's possible that inflation will have fallen, meaning the tax will not be as dramatic. Government expects to make $100 million this coming year from the tax. And finally, British Columbia is calling on the federal government to take action on a popular diabetes drug that's being used for weight loss. So British Columbia's health minister wants a federal government clamp down on prescription rules after thousands of doses of the diabetes drug Ozempic went to Americans. In January and February, Adrian Dix notes that Ozempic's weight loss side effects have been hyped by advertising and celebrity-driven social media chatter. He says the province is taking action to ensure patients in B.C. continue to have access to the drug. Dix is asking provincial and federal regulators to look into two Metro Vancouver pharmacies and the Nova Scotia practitioner responsible for many of the Ozempic prescriptions that were sent to Americans. Bernie Garrett is a professor in the School of Nursing at the University of B.C. Says Ozempic is effective to uh, to treat type 2 diabetes. However, it's also effective for weight loss, albeit with significant risks attached, including Thyroid cancer as a possible side effect. Let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 1139, Pope Innocent II made the Templars an independent unit within the Catholic Church. The Order of Knights had been created to protect pilgrims from bandits in the Holy Land. In 1461, the bloodiest battle of England's War of the Roses was fought in Yorkshire. It ended with 20,000 dead and a victory for the House of York over the House of Lancaster. In 1632, France recovered Canada from England through the Treaty of Saint-Germain-on-Laye. In 1792, Sweden's King Gustav III died nearly two weeks after he was wounded during a masquerade party. In 1848, Niagara Falls stopped flowing for the only time in recorded history. The flow was blocked for 30 hours by an ice jam at the Lake Erie entrance to the Niagara River. In 1867, royal assent was given to the British North America Act, creating the Dominion of Canada. It took effect July the 1st. Exactly 115 years later, on March the 29th of 1982, the bill patriating Canada's constitution also received royal assent. In 1927, government control of liquor sales replaced prohibition. In Ontario. In 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were convicted of espionage charges in the United States. They were executed in June of 1953. In 1965, the House of Commons approved the Canada Pension Plan. It was compulsory through the, throughout the country, except for Quebec, where a comparable pension plan had already been established. In 1989, the Calgary Flames signed Sergei Priyakin, the first Soviet player allowed to play in North America by his country's hockey federation. In 1999, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 10,000 for the first time. In 2005, lawyer Johnny Cochran, who helped win an acquittal in O.J. Simpson's trial for murder in 1995, died at the age of 67. In 2008, The Book Room, Canada's oldest bookstore located in Halifax, closed its doors after 169 years because of economic difficulties. On this day in 2010, Canadian Armed Forces closed their mission in Bosnia after 18 years of active participation in peace establishment and peacekeeping tasks. Since September 1991, more than 40,000 Canadian soldiers served in the Balkans in a variety of missions and roles. And on this day in 2020, for the first time since the Second World War, Britain placed all parts of the country on an emergency footing in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Happy birthday to Anita, who turns 53. Today, you share a birthday with comedian Eric Idle, who turns 80. Brendan Gleeson is 68. Amy Sedaris is 62. Elle McPherson turns 59. And Lucy Lawless is 55.